Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. checks in the mail that are consequential. I wrote the bill on the environment. Pay them more. This is an employee's employee's bargaining chip now. What's happening? In terms of in terms of climate, you brought up what's happening, what we're seeing in the Pacific Northwest. Um, we've been talking a lot about what happened in Florida at the Surfside condominium building that collapsed. We don't know exactly what happened at this point. But given what we know about the changing climate, given that we've seen an increase in these so-called extraordinary tides and the impact that that can have in areas like South Florida, do you think that climate could have played a role in that building's collapse? Well, obviously, we don't know fully, but we do know that, that the seas are rising. I mean, we know that we're losing inches and inches of beaches, not just in Florida, but all around. Um, you know, Lake Michigan, where I'm from, they, you know, we've seen the loss of beaches because the, the waters are rising. What do you think are the most pressing infrastructure questions we face? The way we generate energy, the way we use energy, and the way we harden ourselves against climate disasters so that, I don't know, streetcar cables don't melt. Those are the things at the center of infrastructure. And as investigators sit through what happened at that building that collapsed in Miami last week, right, that catastrophic failure is actually a reminder of our incredible civilizational achievements through technology and regulation and laws and, and bureaucracy and, and inspections, right? We have built this impressive structures that almost never fall down. That's the norm we are accustomed to in the built environment. Do you believe that white Americans are inherently racist? Oh, I do not. And, and indeed, in How to Be an Anti-Racist, I make the case that we shouldn't believe that anyone is inherently racist or that we should identify anyone as a racist. And I make the case that racist isn't a fixed category. It's a descriptive term that, that describes what a person is being in any given moment based on what they're doing or saying. And so if a person is saying black people are lazy, they're being racist. But in the very next moment, they're advocating a policy that creates justice 
in, in equity for all, they're being anti-racist. Okay. Uh, and, and do you know of um, any schools that are teaching that white Americans are inherently racist? Have you ever heard of any school that's teaching that anywhere? <laughs> I haven't. And, and, and indeed, I would speak out against that school if, if it was doing it. And we now know that this weekend, Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson told a crowd of Republican supporters that he's more panicked than ever about the state of the country. And that Republicans should, quote, take back our school boards, our county boards, our city councils. We will take back our culture. What exactly is our culture, Senator? And, and who is the our in that sentence? And who decides? You see, what these politicians are objecting to is a factual analysis of our history, warts and all. But what they're doing is far more pernicious. They've taken legitimate calls for critical self-reflection and demonized it into a catch-all phrase that they now wield as a political cudgel. They're so obsessed with owning the libs that they make bizarre statements like this one. I thought General Milley totally missed the point last week. He says, well, I yes. read Mao and I read Stalin. That's nothing to do with it. And, you know, we, read, we read Mein Kampf in school. No one thought we were Nazis. People didn't read Mein Kampf in school. No. Another common feature of the freakout is to name and blame particular black public intellectuals who are not even involved in critical race theory. One of those black public intellectuals is Dr. Ibram X. Kendi, author of the... Do you think that... Crenshaw has a point with his criticism? Yeah, and I agree with him. And I just want to first and foremost say that Dan Crenshaw is an American hero. He's a Navy SEAL that got uh, his eye blown out among other things and was on you know navy seal uh, uh you know teams that killed terrorists and did incredible things defending our nation also in regards to what he said about the capital he said quote on wednesday the capital of the most powerful nation in the world has ever known was stormed by an angry mob americans surely never thought they'd see such a scene members of congress barricaded inside the house chamber capitol police trampled and four americans dead a woman was shot near the elevator elevator i use every day to enter the house floor it was a display, not of patriotism, but of frenzy and anarchy. So that's what he said about January 6th. So I don't actually know where everyone's getting that he somehow was okay with it. Um, I think in regards to the athlete protesting, I've spent the last year and a half hearing every argument possible and understanding why athletes protest in the United States of America, like Colin Kaepernick. The problem I have is this woman is doing this internationally. And if anyone just saw Vladimir Putin's recent uh, speech when he met with President Biden, he's using the propaganda that America is an irredeemable crap hole against us, saying you think your country's so great over there? Look at BLM. Look at everything that's happening in your country. You don't even treat your people correctly. At the same time where he's literally imprisoning people and we're having our enemies and propagandic dictators using our own propaganda against us, which in turn turns into a real national security my other problem with this is I don't understand why we all can't have shared experiences in this space or have our own stories because for some reason my relationship with the flag isn't allowed anymore. My love of, of the American flag, my love of the national anthem. And I know that it's very triggering for people and people get very upset when I talk about my dad for whatever reason, which is why I've really stopped doing it on the show unless it's really meaningful to me. But when I was growing up every year on Christmas, he would tell me a story about when he was in in prison being tortured and his cellmate, a man named Mike Christian, had sewn the American flag using scraps of material he found in prison into his prison garden. Every morning they would say this the Pledge of Allegiance to 
what was sewn into his prison garb. One day, the Vietnamese captors found that and beat the living crap out of Mike Christian to the point that his eyes and his body was so badly injured that he could barely move. And the second that he was able to move again, do you want to know the first thing Mike Christian started doing? He started re-sewing the American flag into his prison garb so his cellmates could say the Pledge of Allegiance and remember what they were doing and what they were fighting for in prison for America. So excuse me if I don't think some of these athletes are representing America in the same way. And for some of us, I will die for this. I will die on this hill that it is not appropriate or patriotic to go to a foreign country where you're supposed to be representing America and act like it's just about you. It's not about you. It's about all of us. I am for defunding the police. Yes, I support the defund movement. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the street. Many affluent suburbs have essentially already begun pursuing a defunding of the police in that they fund schools. Not only do we need to disinvest for in police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. The Minneapolis Police Department is rotten to the root. Defund the police does not mean abolish the police. It means a dramatic reduction in the number of police in our poor communities. Police are terrorizing black and brown communities. The evidence is clear across the country. And on another subject, you mentioned at the last briefing that you think Republicans wanted to defund the police because they did not support the American Rescue Plan. Which Republican ever said that they did not like the American Rescue Plan because they wanted to defund the police? Well, first, let me just note that the president ran and won the most votes of any candidate in history on a platform of boosting funding for law enforcement after Republicans spent decades trying to cut the cops program. There's record of that. That doesn't require anyone having new comments and then also stood in the way of crucial funding needed to prevent the laying off of police officers as crimes increased. That's a simple statement of fact. And welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast. It is July 1st, 2021. Today is the birth of my puppy. But I'll put that to the end because it's super, super effeminate. Wow. What a fucking intro. That That is, you know, uh, handcrafted straight out of the bullshit locker. We have Mr. Whisper. We have two sound bites of inference that a building collapsed because of climate change into the race hustling into yeah you shouldn't disrespect the flag into a montage of people defunding the police and then a simple fact boys and girls that biden ran on skirting around ever answering the question of whether he wanted to defund the police or not because he couldn't answer the question because his rabid base wanted to and he wanted to get the votes because he didn't think the plan to fortify the election would work. And, yeah, he didn't. No. No, he didn't run on a... No. Mm-mm. No. This this is just unbelievable. This is how craven they are to change the narrative. This is how bad our media is. Oh, wait a minute. I, I got I got other examples, too. I mean, look at that picture. That picture of a person not being abandoned and a mother not getting apprehended that we find on the backdrop had nothing to do with really the border became that. 
But they don't even talk about this. A two-year-old kid found on the side of the road. Nobody cares. Under the time of Trump, with the media's help, they blamed Trump for everything. Now, groups file federal complaint over conditions at ICE lockup. They're suing ICE. We don't have a media. As many times as CNN's going to run their mouth about state-run media and the media as a whole, they are state-run media now. They make Papang Yang and Pravda jealous on the amount of bullshit. I mean, I'm going to play it again when we get to it, but the whole defund thing is the most insane thing I've ever heard. Oh, wait a minute. Graham literally talking about the seas and Joy Reid pushing critical ways. What these politicians objected to is factual analysis of our history. Joy Reid, Abram is not a critical race theorist because you'd have to go to law school to be one. I do not believe white people are inherently racist. I would speak out against that school. That's exactly what they're teaching, that you're racist if you're white. They can say all this on TV. Nobody notices. Nobody even flinches. I mean, this was the soundbite from CNN this week. For a former president to address this in such blunt terms, though, does speak to the crisis we're in, this information crisis that we are in. Uh, We have not had a situation in our lives where a former president feels compelled to speak out the way that Obama has. And he's been doing that with a book last year and now through these public events. I think my impression is he's trying to come up with the way to be as stark, as blunt as he possibly can be, you know, while preserving the kind of dignity of a former president and the, the kind of position that that would normally entail. But time and time again, he warns. The biggest crisis in this country is that we are divided along information lines, that we can't figure out a way to communicate with each other. And and in this new comment today, he's citing the riot as the evidence of that, the riot of lies of January 6th. And if you listen between the lines there, he's really saying the Republican Party has come unglued. But of course, what he's not presenting and what really no one's presenting are solutions. You can identify the problem. You can identify what's gone wrong, but it's so much harder to get to that place of solutions. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, we, we don't see that in this presentation. I mean, it's also his classic Barack Obama understatement of, you know, and I would say one party is not as tethered to reality. So, I mean, hair on, this is a hair on fire moment, as I think that you often bring up. I think I try to. That we know this. Mm. We know this. We're in different echo chambers and it's getting really dangerous. And I agree with you. I don't know what the solution is, but I know that everyone has become more entrenched and it's gotten deadly. One of the words he's used recently is nationalization. I think that's a helpful way to think about it. As local news is hollowed out, as local politics gets more and more polarized, everything's being nationalized. And he's identified that as part of the problem. That gets to media business structures. That gets to the way that our, our media is funded and how it's profitable to be polarized and and fighting all the time. So again, he's pointing to those issues. I think he's doing it really well, but the solutions are structural. They are financial as well as psychological. 
I mean, I was just pointing out, we were just listening to President Biden's jobs plan. They weren't playing it on Fox. The very crowd, the MAGA crowd that wants to hear about no more outsourcing. Mm. You know, you don't need a college degree to have a well-paying job, and they're not getting that information. And as a result, polls show Republicans are so much more pessimistic about the economy, they may not be actually be hearing the same information. It's so fr- Disinformation. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we can go with that. I guess. I don't know. I mean, uh, we're going to start our show with NSA. At a well-run network, Tucker claims would have never aired with the CEO, SVP, VP. Where's the newsroom vetting the whistleblower? Where's common sense? Herman Cortez, this is a bit much coming from you. I mean, seriously, this is what they ran with all week. One Trump supporter. I mean, look, we can't ignore, it shouldn't all be about the former president, but he still has this hold over his party. And I think it's illustrative of what we saw at his rally in Ohio over the weekend. Uh, Our good friend, Donnie O'Sullivan, was there talking to some folks. And this is still out there. I just want to play a moment. That he could come back as soon as? Before before the middle of August. And what if that doesn't happen? Huh? What if that doesn't happen? We're going to be in a civil war because the militia will be taking over. The militia will be taking over. I mean, these comments are so serious because, A, that person was, that man was saying it very seriously. B, we are still trying to figure out exactly what happened on January 6th. And where the threat lies. I mean, that's the question. When you see somebody say something like that on social media, that would might fall flat. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, an analyst might say, well, you know, that's just somebody sounding off on social media. But now you, you see somebody like that saying it, you know, on now on national television. And the question is, well, where, you know, is this real? And, and who's going to perpetuate it? What does he know about, you know, potential violence? It just it, it opens up a list of questions, I think, that, uh, you know, law enforcement hadn't seriously considered before. But now they have to because so much was missed bleeding up to January 6th. I mean, and now it's like the threat is everywhere and it, they're just trying to get a handle on what is, you know, what is real because it seems like, you know, things can just pop up in an instant. Yeah. But it also makes you wonder, how do you counteract something like that, right? right? If someone truly believes that, and let's let's take him at his word that he truly believes mm-hmm. that, what number of fact checks is going to help something none. like that? I mean, none. It's that's not. just it. Like, and also the fact checks are coming from places, right? right that right. likely, that they're a, not listening to. They're not listening right. to. This is Trump's sort of first big major rally since he lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't lose. He didn't lose. I know he didn't lose. Your shirt here says Trump won. Yes, he did. Is, it, is this about 2016? It's about all of them. And 2020 and the next one. But he lost in 2020, right? No. No. Do you think what happened on the 6th of January was a sort of stain on his presidency? This was all staged. I, I truly believe that. Conspiracy theories about the election and the insurrection are par for the course at Trump rallies. But now, another false notion is circulating among some Trump supporters that Trump could be reinstated as president later this summer. What are you hoping to hear from Trump today? I hope to hear he's coming back. Coming back in 2024? Sooner. He's coming back soon, and you guys are going down. (laughs) Trump has been falsely suggesting that the sham Republican audit in Arizona could lead to the election being overturned. Stay tuned for Arizona. We need two states. It's going to be a very interesting time. How do you govern when you lost? How do you govern when you lost? 
You think the election is going to be overturned in some way? Oh, absolutely. There's no cuts. The military already knows it was a fraud. He won by over 80 percent. Ron, you genuinely believe that he's going to... He's coming back. ...that he could come back as soon as... Before before the middle of August. And what if that doesn't happen? Huh? What if that doesn't happen? We're going to be in a civil war because the militia will be taken over. Among Trump supporters at his rally in Ohio Saturday... Do you have a second to chat to us? I always want to talk to a Proud Boy. No. <laughs> a man wearing a Proud Boys t-shirt and a self-described member of the Three Percenters Militia Group. Some people believed to be associated with the group were charged for their alleged involvement in the insurrection. Do you think though what happened on the 6th of January was a bit of a stain on his, all the violence, a bit of a stain on his presidency or? No, I don't. I don't think so. I, w I was there. Were you up at the Capitol? Yeah, we was there. Yeah? Yeah. Didn't go in, didn't do none of that stuff. I don't believe in tearing up the Capitol. And you're a, you're a tree presenter? Yes. Some of your guys have been caught up in a conspiracy, right? Uh, charged by the FBI? As far as I know, some of them are being held, and a lot of them are just being questioned. Do you think your guys who went inside shouldn't have gone inside, or what? Yeah, I don't think anybody should have went inside, but, you know, when you're worked up in that moment, and, you know, the adrenaline's pumping, I mean, it's just just happens are you worried that we could see more violence yeah I honestly believe it's coming I mean Tony it's incredible to have the now for the never Trumpers who are scared of QAnon and sent me all those articles WAPO and New York Times sent me articles for four years that Russia stole the election that Trump was a Russian spy that Trump's kids were Russian spies that the election was stolen from Hillary Clinton, Madam Secretary, the most qualified president ever. And all of that was a lie. To this day, they run with it. This day, you run with it. So, of course, there's people running around saying 2020 was bullshit. In 2020, we watched them stop counting. We watched them dump hundreds of thousands of votes that were just for Biden. And when we get to the election in a second with them actually admitting they tried to rig the vote in New York. I mean, come on. And being that we know that there was a president who wiretapped his opponent and also wiretapped reporters and nobody cared about it because they were for Fox News, the outrage, I mean, Rick Wilson, Tucker's faux rage over the idea that NSA is monitoring a show to take him off the air is one stop short of dog telling him to murder people. And Seltzer mocks a whistleblower. Do, do we remember? See, the problem is with a lot of you, you're too young to remember. These people lost their minds at the Patriot Act. These people found it all to be just crazy. That anybody would allow that much power to the NSA because of 9-11. There's sound bites of Biden saying, I, I don't think we should do this. That's why people like Dana Loesch say, I I don't take the NSA at its word. Nobody should. They're a spy agency. Of course they're spying on us. In this case, they directly spied on somebody because he says things they don't want said. And we already know that their entire dogma is you must be re-educated because you're a Nazi racist if you don't think like us. That's what they've been saying. 
That was their convention. That's what they all put out in the squad. That's what CNN says, the New York Times says, WAPO says. The entire media establishment says, if you don't believe that Biden and his policies are the greatest thing ever, well, you must be a bigoted white supremacist Nazi. Four years. Never Trumpers had their own Lincoln project that said the very same things. Then you get Jonah Goldberg. Spoiler alert, the NSA is not spying on Tucker. Oh, really? Of course they did. The Daily Beast caught lying about Trump three times, making up articles. Untrue. We're just going to take him on the face value. No. No, we're not. We're not going to take him on their face value. And then this dinosaur comes out. This man spits a lot. Wilson claims the National Security Agency, the NSA, is spying on him, reading his emails, and trying to take his program off the air. As the old joke goes, just because you're paranoid, that does not mean they are not out to get you. Clearly, the NSA has found that Tucker Carlson is somehow connected to a foreign entity that intends to harm America. Carlson, who is the lowest of the low, an individual without morals or conscience or loyalty, who once launched a website with my name in it and stole my identity and posed as me in an interview with a gullible reporter, made his claim on his Fox Fascism Fest Monday night. The NSA has responded Tuesday night that, quote, the allegation is untrue, Carlson has never been an intelligence target of the agency, and the NSA has never had any plans to try to take his program off the air. The NSA added in what seems like a throwaway bit of boilerplate that it also, quote, has a foreign intelligence mission. We target foreign powers to generate insights on foreign activities that could harm the United States. That, in fact, is the most important part of the statement. Even Carlson, in his delusional, megalomaniacal way, kind of got the message, responding on his show that he claimed, quote, NSA has read my private emails without my permission. Tonight's statement from the NSA does not deny that. Instead, it comes with this non sequitur. Tucker Carlson has never been an intel target. Well, that's only a non sequitur if you're a non-smart person. The conclusion is obvious, and the conclusion is chilling. The NSA is reading Tucker Carlson's emails, and since he's not their target, whoever he is emailing with must be. And if the NSA can only target foreign powers, then there is one conclusion only. Tucker Carlson is in contact with a foreign power, trying to commit activities that could harm the United States. In other words, whether he's a foreign asset or a mere stooge, and my money is on mere stooge, Tucker Carlson is working with a foreign entity to damage this country. And he's too stupid to shut up about it. And he's too stupid to flee the country because ultimately he's too stupid. I could make play the montages of them just losing their shit and the base, the very base that's doing all the policies saying crazy shit all the time to once again, focus on the right has a bunch of kooks and conspiracy theorists omitting the last four years. Sweet fucking God have some fucking integrity, especially when you have Ilian Omar coming out. Now, why is the NSA not investigating this lady. Uh, I know you oppose the court's investigation in those. 
um, Palestine and in Afghanistan, I haven't seen any evidence in either cases that domestic courts can uh, both can and will prosecute alleged war crimes and crimes against humanity. And I would emphasize that in Israel and Palestine, uh, this includes crimes committed by both the Israeli security forces and Hamas. In Afghanistan, it includes crimes committed by the Af Afghan national government and the Taliban. So in both of these cases, if domestic courts can't or won't pursue justice, and we oppose the ICC, where do we think the victims of these supposed uh, crimes can go for justice? In, in both of these cases, if domestic courts can't or won't pursue justice, and we oppose the ICC, where do we think victims are supposed to go for justice? And what justice mechanisms do you support for them? Thank, thank you. Um, first, let me just say at the outset that um, it is impossible not to be profoundly moved by uh, not just the, uh, uh, the loss of life in the recent uh, violence and, and conflict, uh, but especially uh, the children whose whose lives were lost. And we 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 all have a you know a tendency to throw statistics and numbers out there, but uh, we were talking about um, boys and girls, Israelis and Palestinians, uh, as well as men and women. And uh, I think uh, none of us, whatever from whatever perspective we we come. Uh, you made comments to him and also you tweeted, quote, we must have the same level of accountability and justice for all victims of crimes against humanity. We have seen unthinkable atrocities committed by the U.S., Hamas, Israel, Afghanistan and the Taliban, unquote. Um, ultimately, Democratic leaders said that equating the U.S. and Israel with Hamas and the terror and, uh, and uh, the Taliban, quote, foments prejudice. And as you know, a group of Jewish House Democrats wrote a letter to President Biden saying, that accusing Israel of acts of terror, as you and other members of the squad have done, is anti-Semitic. Um, do you regret these comments? I don't. I think it's really important to think back to the point that I was trying to make. Obviously, I was addressing Secretary of State Blinken. In 2019, you said lawmakers uh, support uh, Israel um, because it's, quote, all about the Benjamins, which implies that politicians only support Israel because of money. There was a tweet from uh, 2012 when you said Israel had hypnotized the world. Do you understand why some of your fellow House Democrats, especially Jews, find that language anti-Semitic? I have welcomed any time you know, my colleagues have asked to have a conversation, to, to learn from them, for them to learn from me. I think it's really important for uh, these members to realize that they haven't been partners in, in justice. They haven't been, um, you know, equally engaging uh, in seeking justice uh, around the world. And I and I think, you know, I will continue to, to do that. It is important Gradient. for me the as someone who, who knows what it feels like to experience injustice in ways that many of my colleagues don't, uh, to be uh, a voice in finding, finding accountability, uh, asking for the mechanisms for justice for those who are maligned, oppressed, um, and who have had injustice um, done to them. No, I, and I hear that. I have 
obviously clarified and you know apologized uh, when I have felt that my words um, have have offended uh, and it's really important right as I've explained to my colleagues they have engaged in Islamophobic tropes I have yet to receive an apology I think you know when we are engaging in a space where we don't know um, how our language will be uh, received uh, it is important for us to be open-minded uh, and I think I have always been someone who is humbled uh, someone who understands how words can be harmful and hurtful to people and I've always listened and learned and behaved accordingly uh, and showed up with compassion and care that last soundbite was from yesterday yesterday this woman is an anti-Semite, yet we go after Marjorie Taylor Greene. That, that's what we need to really worry about because that person believes in aliens and shit. Uh, okay. To accuse Jewish members of not being involved in justice is ignorant of the, their records and especially offensive what's an effort to distract from your own anti-Semitic statements. Representative Omar needs to lead with accountability, not denial. Definitely not blaming the victim. Anybody? Here's her tweet screed. Uh, I... Uh, I am someone who has survived war and experienced injustice firsthand. Well, so have I, but but that doesn't make me an anti-Semite. Who is alive today because I was welcomed into this country as a refugee. I know that many of my colleagues, both Jewish and non-Jewish, deeply share that commitment to fighting injustice. A brief thread. So let me get this straight. You came from Somalia and saw war, and you were on the other side hoping that more Americans would be drugged through the street. I'm almost 100% positive of that. She was a little kid, and she was cheering. Probably grabbed pieces of the helicopter, because she's a fucking Islamist cunt. That's who she is. I'll say it. I don't give a fuck. Ban me, NSA. SoundCloud. I mean, what the fuck? She's a cunt. This woman hates America. Every day she opens her mouth, she wants to destroy it. She only got elected because of Obama's crazy, racist, fucked up, bullshit fucking immigration where he secretly trucked people into areas. Which he's doing right now. It was just on Tucker the other night where they're secretly, they were bussing people, just telling bus drivers, don't stop until you get here. And then other, it was a, it was an underground railroad for illegals. Then they got caught, so they went to airplanes. Now we don't know what they're doing, but they're just dumping people to redistrict, change the demographics. It's exactly what happened with Syrian refugees. That's how this bitch got elected. I also know that black community and the Jewish community have historically stood side by side in the fight against injustice and throughout our history, we have faced efforts to divide us based on our differences. In this moment, we must stand in solidarity because what unites us is so much greater than what's in, what unites us. What? Civil rights movement in the 60s was not black people working in isolation. It took multiracial, blah, 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 yada, yada. Herschel in particular, the NBC is founded. La, la, la. These values of fighting injustice and equity are core part of the faith, much as they are in Muslim faith. 
Today, groups like the Jewish blank, blah, 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 in my district, were reminding us that the Jewish community have always been on the front line of social change, even amidst the threat to their safety. These threats are not a thing of the past. It's not lost to me that today people go shoot up a synagogue because people think orgs like Hias are helping refugees like me come to the country. Most of my colleagues across Congress may not be refugees themselves, but fleeing war and persecution only to find a refuge in the United States of America is the Jewish American experience that binds us. That is why it's so important for us to build solidarity in here and now to make clear that the threats we face can only be solved if we see racism, anti-Muslim hate, and xenophobia as inexplicably linked to anti-Semitism. This is work we have tried to do in Congress. No. Your anti-Semitism, you played off with anti-Islam sentiments. And the anti-Islam sentiments you get is because people call you an Islamist. You are. You hate America. Your faith is more important. It goes back to the Barry. It goes back to everything. And, And I can say these things. I spent 20 years. No opinions. I was a soldier. Wasn't paid to have an opinion. Wasn't it paid to get questioned the directions of my government or the wars we fought? None of my goddamn business. I signed up, raised my hand, defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. The same thing she did. The problem is she is the enemy, the domestic enemy. But we don't investigate her. We go after her and the NSA goes after Tucker because he says main, mean things. And it all came crashing down when... This is Tucker Carlson, or, um, sorry, Jake Tapper, tweeting, the facts, it kind of ruins it, it ruins your whole concept, I mean, now, we have Ken Diaz, Saying this. And we now know that one of the groups um, that is under attack from the same people who are attacking you are military, the military, particularly military generals, including the Secretary of Defense uh, and the Joint Chiefs of Staff Chair, uh, General Milley. He's now been attacked by Donald Trump. Matt Gates, uh, who never served and probably wouldn't have the guts to serve for 10 seconds, nor would Tucker Carlson, nor would Laura Ingraham. They've all gone after him. Bill Kristol has called that out as sort of proto, sort of ground level fascism. Um, he said Trump voters are pro-military. Why are Trump and Carlson attacking the military? But, uh, but the attack is on woke generals, the brass, and disloyal citizens in charge. It's an, an attempt to appeal to aggrieved troops and vets and to divide the military and subvert civilian control. It's a classic move for authoritarian, from the authoritarian playbook and also from the fascist playbook. What do you make of the fact that, the, that people like Trump wanted to use the military to attack Black Lives Matter protesters specifically? He wanted them, and Milley refused, by the way. They got in a cussing match. He said, I'm not doing that. But that they don't believe that the military should study whether there are racists and white nationalists in the military because some of those folks attack the Capitol. What do you make of that dichotomy? I mean, I, I think it's 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 pure sort of insanity that's that's presented as, as as logic. Pure insanity presented as logic. That sounds like CRT. 
And how can the military be woke and white supremacists at the same time, Joy Reid? See, they are so good at projection. The very things they do, they say you do. It's their shtick. They've been doing it forever, and they get away with it with the media. So on this case, while they're trying to take over the military to change that demographic and make that demographic there so they can sicken on you, A, and B, vote for them because they don't vote for Democrats. The majority votes for the opposition party. They say that conservatives are trying to divide. I mean, do you read Bill Crystal? I mean, Bill Crystal is the prototypical, literal piece of shit. Never Trumper. That just because of Trump, you've forsaken everything you ever thought and opened your eyes to how horrible right is and you become liberal and you read Kendi X and D'Angelo and oh it's so true I'm a piece of garbage America's garbage just overnight America's garbage and you could once again it's exposure therapy you read WAPO New York Times you read all this stuff over time it starts to brainwash you and make you think it's exact thing same thing people say about Fox that if you read Fox all the time you turn into white ring nationalist ra- racist Well, that's the projection on the simple fact that these people read tripe all day long, the QAnon conspiracy theory, while they ignore the Antifa BLM that is destroying the country, training people to hate the country. Yeah, those people are good, but a bunch of fucking fruitcakes on Twitter that nobody knows anybody that was QAnon. Oh, we need to worry about those motherfuckers. So the select committee comes out, and once again, the Cheneys and Kinsers, Kinsinger, vote for it. Because they're never Trumpers. Bill Crystal in today's Republican Party, the sincere and courageous friends of freedom are rare. Thank you, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinsinger, Geraldo Rivera, agreed. Lincoln Project, agreed. I mean, really, think what has happened to these people. All because orange man bad, you've changed your whole view on the world. And it's because you get exposed to that. Over and over and over, America's garbage, America's horrible, because they voted for Trump. Never mind that we just voted a guy that can't, Connect two sentences with a thesaurus and a dictionary and spell check. And who's not running anything. Everybody knows it. He has no control over the government. Obama still runs it. But they continue to project and nowhere do they project better than on this defund shit. I am for defunding the police. Yes, I support the defund movement. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the street. Many affluent suburbs have essentially already begun pursuing a defunding of the police in that they fund schools. Not only do we need to disinvest for in police, 
But we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. The Minneapolis Police Department is rotten to the root. Defund the police does not mean abolish the police. It means a dramatic reduction in the number of police in our poor communities. Police are terrorizing black and brown communities. The evidence is clear across the country. Made from here. And on another subject, you mentioned at the last briefing that you think Republicans wanted to defund the police because they did not support the American Rescue Plan. Which Republican ever said that they did not like the American Rescue Plan because they wanted to defund the police? Well, first, let me just note that the president ran and won the most votes of any candidate in history on a platform of boosting funding for law enforcement after Republicans spent decades trying to cut the cops program. There's record of that. That doesn't require anyone having new comments and then also stood in the way of crucial funding needed to prevent the laying off of police officers as crimes increase. That's a simple statement of fact. I understand what you're saying there. However, there are lots of examples of Democrats explicitly saying they want to defund the police. We've got Congresswoman Cori Bush, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar. Are there any examples of Republican members of Congress saying they want to defund the police? I think most people would argue that actions are more important than words, wouldn't you say? Uh, well, to that point, uh, to your point there, at the time of the vote on the American Rescue Plan, you had the Republican leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, he said he just didn't like it because he thought it was a classic example of big government democratic overreach in the name of COVID relief. And then Kevin McCarthy said he thought Democrats were using coronavirus as an excuse to justify funding pet projects. Well, where is the, here the we're going to vote against here, this because we want to defund the police? Again. I think actions speak louder than words, Peter. So if you oppose funding for the COPS program, something that was dramatically cut by the prior administration and many Republicans supported, and then you vote against a bill that has funding for the COPS program, we can let other people evaluate what that means. It doesn't require them to speak to it or to shout it out. Their actions speak for themselves. Go ahead. Uh, two questions. Uh, the first one on infrastructure. Mm -hmm. um, in but at the same time, Republicans are being blamed by White House officials for something big. The truth is they defunded the police. The GOP is pushing back. They're trying to blame Republicans now for the dumpster fire that they created. The White House's argument is the American Rescue Plan filled with COVID-19 relief was really a public safety measure. A lot of Democrats who supported and voted for the bill could help ensure uh, local cops were kept on the beat in communities across the country. As you know, didn't receive a single Republican vote. But the word police does not appear in the American Rescue Plan. And while making the case for it, the president rarely ever talked about police. When he did, it was in the context of essential workers affected by pandemic budget shortfalls, not a crime wave. Police officers, firefighters, first responders, nurses, they're all at the risk of losing their jobs. Critics also point out the way the White House talks about funding local PDs may be misleading. The federal government is providing less than one-tenth, just over one-tenth of one percent of the aid to state and local governments. So this is largely a state and local government issue. Now Republican Senator Marshall Blackburn tweets, new rule, police protection should not be offered to any lawmaker that wants to defund the police. They should be forced to practice what they preach. We need to secure our borders, secure our streets. The Democrats' defund the police rhetoric and policies are making that more difficult. And just to give you a little montage of some of those sound bites, um, you don't have to go far, but here they are. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the, the um, investment 
in our communities. I am for defunding the police. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Many off affluent suburb suburbs have essentially already begun pursuing a defunding of the police in that the first call came in less than 60 seconds after we left the precinct. We'd come to Oakland for an overnight ride-along on the so-called dog shift. When we got to the scene, a suspect was in custody, but he'd allegedly ditched a gun in a park we find it? full of kids. For this Saturday shift, Lieutenant Lisa Osmus was in charge of policing the eastern half of the city. She only had 38 officers on duty that night for a population of over 200,000 people. Half an hour later, the radio crackling again. So there's been a shooting. Somebody's apparently down. Osmus racing to assist her team. So he's got a gunshot wound to the head. Within minutes, Oakland's police chief arriving, telling us the victim had died. A city of 425,065 homicides so far this year. How do you explain that? It's clear that violence is an epidemic in this community. It's clear that people have too easily access to firearms and they're overly willing to use them. And it's not just Oakland. A recent survey of 72 cities showing homicide up nearly 20%. In Chicago, nearly 80 people shot over the weekend, six of them fatally. And in Times Square Sunday, this suspect accused of opening fire after an argument, a stray bullet hitting an innocent bystander, a 21-year-old Marine. Back in Oakland, Chief Armstrong says there's no easy remedy. Law enforcement won't be able to fix this problem itself. Hmm. Violence prevention won't be able to do it itself. And community won't be able to do it itself. It's going to take a collective effort from all of us to solve this problem. And Lindsay, with the increase of scrutiny on police forces, law enforcement experts tell us that recruiting new officers and retaining existing ones is increasingly a challenge. The retirement rate has spiked since last year by 45%. Monday, Oakland's police chief begged the city council not to defund his department. That additional 17 million that was reduced from the police department's budget will have a impact. When you hear the statements from those that say nothing will change, that is not true. The chief had support from merchants in Chinatown and high crime areas of East Oakland. But the council of all Democrats voted six to two to divert the 17 million to social services and violence prevention. One councilwoman blamed the doom and gloom on media hype. All of the hysteria that's been going on through the media and through certain um, other channels is, is just that. Investing in policing will only continue to lock folks up, but not give them the nurturing that they've never had. So this cut translates into about 50 officers on a force of roughly 700. Now, ironically, just hours after the police chief spoke in Oakland City Hall, two armed robbers held up a TV news crew outside the same building. That fucking cup food down. I don't even know why people still even fucking shop at that shit. She just stated that she would not sign it. So here's the thing. That is correct, because we ain't asking no more. We're not asking no more, white lady. We demanding at this point. We're not asking. We're done asking fucking shit. We're demanding it now. So why don't you just get back, sit back in your little seat, and do your job and drive? How about that one? How about that one? I know. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you, Aaron girl. I got you, Aaron girl. 
I got you, Erin, girl. I got you. Hey, everybody. I got you. Everybody, Andrea is signing a piece of paper. Let me see the signature. Let me see. Did she sign it? Can I have a pen? Can I have a pen? Can y'all see? Can y'all see our signature? Barely. Can somebody hold it? Somebody hold that so I can get it out. Can she print that too? We want to print. We need a print. And a date. We need a print and a date. Print and date. Print and date. Try 2021. Print and date. No, she needs to print her name and date. What's today's date? No, no. Give it to her. Print your name and date it. She already signed the paper. Print and date. Print and date. Print and date. Print and date. What's today's date? Somebody throw out the date. Thank you. Well, you know. It's a perfect bridge over these two subjects. So BLM activists stop a car and they force her to sign paperwork. And what it was it? BLM activists, oh, sorry. Minute cracked this hostage situation with city council member Anna Poetic when they surrounded her vehicle and prevented her from leaving until she agreed to sign a statement that charges against rioters would be dropped. Activist Donald Hooker Jr., who's a chick, one of the activists seen on the video confronting Jenkins, says she asked her about police accountability, defending police, and returning George Floyd square to the people. We were having a conversation. I was trying to keep her accountable, and I said, well, we just have to show up and do a protest at your house, a friendly protest, and then that's when she blew up in her face, Hooker said. That's not what we heard. Mostly peaceful protesters. This is ridiculous. This is just ridiculous. Dana Milback. I I just don't understand how, how... You can write this. The squad is more pro-police than Republicans. Bingo. But we're going to return truth and facts and science. That That's a real thing. That's a real thing. This is our media. This is our media. But Trump was so bad. Replies, honest to God, this may be one of the worst opinions ever. Even the squad doesn't agree with this. Somebody sent Rashida Tlaib. It wasn't an accident. Police in our country is inherently intentionally racist. Dante Wright was met with aggression and violence, and I'm done with those who condone government-funded murder. No more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. You know, we've seen their tweets and heard them speak, right? And in ground zero of the worst shit of the worst, this is what the Oregonians putting out. Thus, Washington posted. We're not covering this black man going to Annapolis. His mother shot and murdered on the porch of a hotel. We don't cover that. 
Why would we? We just let these people lie. They lie and they lie and they lie and they spin and they lie. What the fucking fuck is this? Everything they're doing is partisan, but Trump was so bad. He did incarceration reform. He didn't even do conservative shit. But he's so bad because he tweets. Now now that city, if you own a gun, it's yeah, it's your fault. Mm, okay. Sounds fucking fantastic. Sounds fucking fantastic. Oh. How about that? How about this? We covered it last show. That's that's what they put out. Every media member read this. But we're still talking about January 6th. January 6th is so bad. January 6th, it's, it's worse. It is worse than fucking 9-11, Pearl Harbor, Civil War. We didn't even cover that they barricaded and didn't let anybody in or out. And the worst part, they let them do it. They let them. Police, everybody, they can do this. These are the replies. These are not conservatives. These aren't QAnon or Proud Boy, insurrectionist Nazis. Normal people. Normal. And then we let this piece of shit do this. Is that we're actually seeing a decline in homicides and shootings. Yes, sir. You, you, uh, sir. Okay. No, 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 no. Let him, let him ask his follow-up question so he doesn't claim that somehow we're being biased and slighting the guy from Newsmax. Please, sir. It's... 6.30, going on 7, ask your follow-up question. Well, um, my follow-up question is simply this. Many uh, residents in Chicago feel that you've lost control of the city. Uh, now it appears as though you've lost control of the Chicago City Council. Uh, do you owe an apology to the victims of violent crime, the thousands of unsolved shootings and murders and stabbings and random stabbings in and, and the downtown and the south side and the north side and the west side? Do you owe, so, do you owe so, these people any so apology? Once, so once again, sir, I, I, I ask you to get your facts right. Um, crime is not out of control in our city. In fact, crime is on the decline. Every liberal mayor has been doing this. Or they've done what Biden's done. They blame guns. A reply by Physics Geek. These are not the droids you're looking for. We've always been at war with East Asia. I expect them to lie. What bothers me is a growing number of people who will swallow her bullshit without batting an eye. Because we've trained people that it's okay. Most of us out here, normals, know that Sunrise Movement barricaded the White House. We know that people stormed Kavanaugh hearings. And we know that lefties are crooked and fuck in elections. These are things we know. This election shit, after 
all the things we've gone through with Georgia and voting laws being changed that actually are better than blue states, but are somehow suppressing black votes when more black people voted that they actually overrepresented their fucking demographics in the country. Liberals say that. This is how our media covered it. Count the vote. The Switching topics, there was some incredibly disappointing news out of the Senate this week. Mitch McConnell and the GOP filibustered the For the People Act. It's not shocking that as Republican lawmakers across the country introduce and enact hundreds of voter suppression bills, these obstructionist senators refuse to even allow debate on the most sweeping voting rights and anti-corruption bill in a generation. That is why I am renewing and reamplifying my calls to finally end the Jim Crow filibuster. The New York City Board of Elections throwing the New York City mayoral primary into chaos. The board released new numbers suggesting Eric Adams' lead over Catherine Garcia had narrowed. But then, hours later, the board backtracked after questions arose and actually pulled the results off the site at one point. In a statement, the board explaining it's been determined that ballot images used for testing were not cleared from the election management system. When the cast vote records were extracted for the first pull of ranked choice voting results, it included both test and election night results, producing approximately 135,000 additional records. Joining us now, CNN senior political analyst John Avalon, who has worked with the Board of Elections, served on the Votary Advi- Voter Advisory Commission in the past, is throwing up his hands in the break as we, as we talk about this. There are really, like, I think, three key points when we talk about this. Number one, as you were saying to me in the break, we want to figure out how this happened, including, I mean, how the test ballots were left in there. But you said you're not even convinced that that's actually what happened. What do you mean by that? There is absolutely no reason to take the Board of Elections at its word, particularly because I question whether they're organized enough to run 135,000 test ballots, let alone given the fact they're too incompetent to erase that total, apparently, from the numbers they initially released. Look, folks nationally may be scratching their heads. Folks in New York know this all too well. The New York City Board of Elections is a corrupt, incompetent patronage organization. And this should give just the latest reason it needs to be ripped up from the roots and totally rebuilt. This thing needs to be ripped up and reformed and turned into a nonpartisan professional organization, not some relic of Tammany Hall that managed to screw up everything it touches. So it is a uniquely New York City problem. It is. This is the ultimate potential tragedy of this. You've got a new system of voting put in place. People are going to blame that. You've got an ex-president who's been trying to raise questions and concerns about the integrity of our elections. And then you have an election administration that can't do its job, which raises those questions. And so folks will be going into their own camps and questioning the results of this mayoral election for a long time to come. So it cuts to the heart of the integrity of our elections. And that's what we need to be strengthening right now. Look, If New York City Board of Elections had been in the Deep South, this thing would have been the subject of a DOJ takeover. All right, guys, now to a ballot discrepancy creating confusion and frustration here in New York City in the Democratic mayoral primary. Yesterday, the Board of Elections released new results showing a tight race, but then just hours later, 
The new numbers were removed after officials found 135,000 test ballots were accidentally included in the tally. Now they'll have to recalculate multiple rounds of ranked choice voting. This is the first time the city is using that system. We may not know the official winner until mid-July. New York City's mayoral race was thrown into disarray last night after officials released the wrong results. The city's Board of Elections says 135,000 test ballots were accidentally included in the count for round two of the city's ranked choice vote tally. The initial announcement reflected a very close race in the Democratic primary between Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams and former Sanitation Commissioner Catherine Garcia. But now there will be a recount. This all comes at a sensitive time for the Board of Elections, which has faced accusations of incompetence in the past. Under New York City's rules, it may be weeks before the primary's winner is announced. By the way, um, for Papanyala, those are facts. I know they're hard and and they don't work the narrative. Here's de Blasio asking for re-canvassing and Joe Jr. going, I'm glad that's not an affront to democracy. I'm glad it's not an affront to democracy. Uh, Benny, they got caught. This is egregious fraud. It's all coming down. The Board of Election conducted rigorous and mandatory pre-qualification testing. It has been determined that ballot images used for testing were not cleared through the election management system. When the cast votes were extracted for the first poll of RCV results, it included both tests and election results, producing approximately 135,000 extra votes. New York Times. It's just in chaos. It's just in chaos. It's not a big deal. These aren't the droids you're looking for. It took them fucking eight weeks to finish the 2020 election. But there's no problem. We need a sweeping Democrat-led FCC. All this stuff needs to be run by Democrats because they're so good and Republicans are Nazis. Yet we have lefties saying this shit. This is what we're saying. Really think about that for a while. Red China. It's HR1. Really? Really? And then, you know, because there was a lot of uproar this week because Trump went to the border. The core tenets of our democracy. Well, I would say the core tenets of our democracy are violated when a sitting president wiretaps the next guy from the opposition party. I would say that's probably bad. I mean, I'm not an expert on this shit, but I did sleep at a Holiday Inn Express. And I would say that's really bad. I wanted to make sure we remember this. This is the lie of the year guy. But, you know, the media still brings him out because he's still running shit. He's still running shit. Totally running shit. 
Former President Obama says the rise of misinformation worries me and should worry everyone. This could be combated by a news media with integrity. Too bad that sacrificed that to wage a political war against Trump. From the, if you like your plan, you can keep it, misinformation king. Former president, if the, if you like your plan, you can keep it, guy. But he had a scandal-free presidency. Also in our media. I did not realize until Trump years just how many conservatives harbor such intense humiliation fetishes. Something he considers that the corrosive big lie conspiracy theorizing delegitimization of election that Trump and the GOP have unleashed won't necessarily just stay contained to them. I will not stop pointing out that the use big lie is recycling Nazi propaganda labels. The fact that the left does it without a smidgen of pushback or shame is telling. Somebody tweeted, Pete Buttleg claimed victory in Iowa before the, any results were reported. Well, we didn't care about that. Remember Iowa? Sanders claims 2016 primary was rigged, won't commit to supporting the winner. Do we remember that? Nancy Pelosi, our election was hijacked. There is no question Congress has the duty to protect our democracy. 5-16-17. That, that's a long time after the election. Jean Davis de Compagnie, clearly, given that it spread to them from watching Democrats do it from 2000, 2004, and 2016. Ronald Klein, if this is news to you, you weren't paying attention in 2000. Ari Berman, 12,000 voters wrongly labeled as felons and blocked from voting in Florida. The chief of staff of the current administration was a conspiracy election theorist. But no, it's Trump. Massanthrope, a.k.a. the science, sums it up. Imagine having the balls to say something like this after spending four years calling 2016 an illegitimate election. Four years. Remember when critics of Russian collusion said the exact same thing? For three plus years, you claimed that the sitting president was installed by Russia. What's the difference? I'm just, what's the difference? What's the difference? CNN pundit admits New York's election board corrupt, but it was uniquely a New York City problem because they're Democrats. So for a media jerk off of the show, I shouldn't say the week because we're doing two podcasts. Tell me anywhere in here that there's any facts. Iowa Republican, the media jerk-off of the week. So hot. You're not getting in a uh, rocky road for infrastructure? Well, I'll tell you, it's not a rocky road, we're going to get it done was one of the people, one of the architects of the U.S. involvement in Iraq, one of the, the people who pushed the idea of weapons of mass destruction, that Saddam Hussein had those weapons of mass destruction, of course, 
you know, years later, that it became very clear that that was not the case. Uh, he had a, a, a tumultuous time here in the Pentagon. He, was, of course, was at the time serving as George W. Bush's Secretary of Defense until late 2005, uh, excuse me, late 2006, when he was asked to resign and was replaced by Secretary of Defense uh, Robert Gates, former CIA director. So, you know, I've, I've spoken to, he's, he's been in failing health in recent days, and, you know, we've been hearing about that. Uh, last time I saw him was about two years ago, and he had had a couple of, of recent surgeries, and it was clear that his, his health was failing. But because of that, I've been asking people, you know, who'd served with him, people in the military, civilians who worked with him, what they really would see as his legacy. And I was surprised. There are a lot of people who even worked with him and served with him, served with him here in the Pentagon, who now acknowledge that, you know, going into Iraq, it, it had such a, 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 a an effect on the U.S. foreign policy, on U.S. national security, on the war in Afghanistan, which we're seeing draw, uh, draw out right now and, and end right now. And there are a lot of people now who served closely with Rumsfeld at that time who are saying, you know, questioning what, why they went into to Iraq back in 2003, Amen. So certainly a historic figure, as you mentioned, controversial, definitely to the end. He, I will say, as someone who covered him here at the Pentagon, the briefings were always interesting. It was it, he was someone who loved to really engage in a back and forth with members of the press. And you, you'd get your heart rate up when you were in a question when you were when you were questioning Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld, because you knew that he was going to come back at you and you better have your facts ready and you better be prepared. So, um, you know, Donald Rumsfeld uh, passed away at age 88. Amen. Yeah, and certainly it'll uh, it'll raise a lot of interesting questions as well in terms of the legacy of America in the Middle East, because as you were mentioning there, those two wars, uh, people in Afghanistan and certainly in Iraq still reeling from those disastrous decisions, hundreds of thousands. Madam Speaker, I want to begin this evening by thanking my Democrat colleagues for their outstanding work in encouraging millions of Americans to celebrate their Second Amendment rights by purchasing their first second, or even 100th firearm. From the left's riots in cities across America to Biden's threats to strip away our basic constitutional rights, Democrats are single-handedly responsible for the sale of tens of millions of firearms. Bravo. Well done. And I hear that the interest has begun to peak when it comes to the sale of F-15s. Now, I have some questions for these freedom haters. When are you going to call on the chief executive, the basement dweller, to hold his own son accountable for his gun crimes? Hunter Biden lied on a federal firearms application, which is punishable by up to 10 years and a $250,000 fine, of which 10% will not be going to the big guy. Rules for thee, but not for my crackhead, parmesan-smoking, gun-criminal son. What about the disposal, the disposal of Hunter Biden's gun in a back alley dumpster? And why was the Secret Service involved in locating this firearm? Can you just imagine for half a second if Donald Trump Jr. was involved in firearms crimes and his dad ordered the Secret Service to cover it up? That's just the start of the hypocrisy. Biden will call widely purchased firearms 
weapons of war, but then he'll tell you that you need an F-15 or a nuke to keep the federal government in check. He will target so-called merchants of death, but celebrate the 600 abortion clinics across America. This reg regime will encourage riots, defund the police, and try to take away Americans' right to self-defense. Madam Speaker, the American people are not on board with the Biden regime's hypocritical gun-crabbing. Instead, they are buying... Well, the Lord Borbert's part was factual. That's our priority. All this stuff going on, ice cream, and then Rumsfeld. And I'll be honest, I don't like Rumsfeld. I never liked Rumsfeld. I think he destroyed the army. I think his battle plan for Afghanistan was the first step in us losing that war because we were undermanned on all levels. Remember, I flew in a valley. They only had enough helicopters to fly two companies stripped down with no mortars. And then when the Apaches got shut off, they had to turn around a meth to get Cobras to give us combat air support. And he continued from there because we all read the bear went over the mountain and we realized the stagnant high density outpost just let them chip away with us. So we decided to go with a small, lighter force. But Tora Bora and Operation Anaconda in the beginning clearly showed we didn't have the forces to encircle and stop people from getting the fuck out. But they shit on people all the time. They shit on them all the time. I, I omitted a six-minute diatribe from Morning Joe about Democrats need to just forsake everything, destroy the filibuster, and shove every fucking liberal thing through. Fuck them. Fuck America. Fuck people. It's time to just be a liberal fucking utopia. So that's why I started it with the jerk-off, and I guess I kind of should remove the jerk-off because it's a lot less. But they did jerk off to this. This Jill Biden stuff, get the fuck out of here. The reason that she's an inspiration, I think, is, you know, she's, she's embraced her role with both hands, and she's also kept her role as a teacher. You know, she's extremely inspiring as someone who can multitask with a smile on her face, and seems to make everything possible. And there's a, there's a sense of, of optimism and, and joy in everything that she does. Since President Biden took office six months ago, the First Lady has crisscrossed the country for speaking events, saying she never takes her role for granted. When I became Second Lady, I always said I will never waste this platform. And now I have a bigger platform and there's so much to do. There is so much to do. Dr. Biden also juggling her career as an English and writing professor. She is the first first lady to have a job outside the home. Mm. And being first lady is a full-time job in itself. But to Dr. Biden, who has often said, teaching is not what I do, it's who I am. She came into this role of first lady saying, I'm going to continue to teach. This is our media in a nutshell of how state media they are for the left. New Vogue magazine, August 2021 cover, the first lady for all of us. No, she's not. She's not for all of us. She's quickly, she's quite simply a joy multiplier. Here's a first lady who's driven, tireless, effortlessly popular, but also someone who reminds us of ourselves. 
align. Neither first lady nor professor, but a key player in the husband's administration, a West Wing surrogate, and a policy advocate. They're basically admitting she's running the country. That's what they're admitting. Now remember, <clears throat> wasn't Omega. His wife was a model. She never got on Vogue because she was bad. But everybody lined up. All of them. How great. Inspiration to us all, ABC, and I played it. Jill Biden, every inch a goddess. Jill lingers on the macadam behind him in a black and white silhouette looking every inch a goddess at 69. Those were the articles they did. And then the infatuation with fucking ice cream. The guy can't formulate sentences. He does a weird whisper thing. He sniffs motherfucker's hair. But no, 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 he, he, yeah, ice cream. And then we see what it's doing to him. Circling the drain, an ugly second quarter. Here are the numbers that are just, it says everything about our media. It just says everything. Um, where do we run this from? When it rains, it pours. And when it comes to ratings of Jeffrey Zucker-led clown show on CNN, it's a monsoon. The second quarter ratings came out on Tuesday, and the immature, noxious, and repugnant network suffered its worst month of total viewers in 25 to 54 demo. And that's not to mention that primetime ratings have tumbled 71% in total viewers and 78% in the demo. But yet Fox is okay. In addition to decrease in primetime, Nielsen Media Research also shows that CNN has hemorrhaged 69% of its total day viewership across all ages and an astounding 75% in the 2554. When comparing the second quarter of 2020 to the second quarter of 2021, it is still ugly with CNN down 45% total viewers, 654,000, 52% in the demo, 160,000. FNC and MSNBC also lost viewers due in part to last year's COVID lockdown and mass rioting in the streets, but most no, mo- they were nowhere near. And to continue beating the dead horse, CNN total viewers were down 49%, 580,000, and 59%, 133,000 in the demo when compared to June 2020. To 2021. Jake Tapper. 75%. Between 31st and June 23rd. Tapper, a proven liar and fabulous. Averaged only 708,000 viewers. That's down 2.8 million in January. By comparison, Fox dreadful Neil Cavuto wallop Tapper with an average of 1.1 million viewers. Between the first and second quarter of the year, Tapper lost 49% of his viewers. Tapper's second hour averaged only 799 viewers. The five averaged 2.6 million viewers. 229% decline in viewers. And why is that? Will we get these glimpses to what our media is and this we're just going to do it we're going to speak woke whether we want you or whether people want it or not this has been my lifetime as an adult 
they literally go with whatever the left's doing. If the left is anti-war, they're anti-war. If the left is pro-this, they're pro-that. The Pointer Institute for Media Studies, the parent organization of PolitiFact, reported that the easiest way to create a revolution in language is through the top-down change of terms used by journalists and news stories. We don't have to talk about it. We're just going to do it and make it normal, said the editor, quoted in the story. Pointer reported the simple solution to assuring intellectual and linguistic compliance to the Create and Enforce Style Guide. The story highlights Caitlin Jokola, a managing editor of a nonprofit online media outlet who created her, um, credited her ability to impose her word preference on the nation to the average reporter conformity and lack of curiosity. Ultimately, from my experience as a copy editor, people just want to be told what to do. That's that bubble. That's that liberal bubble that we we don't live in. You don't have to be mega. You don't have to be GOP. You don't have to be a fucking white supremacist, even though that's what we're termed. I don't want to be told what to think, eat, breathe. I'm an American. Those are the things I fought for, which now I'm realizing I was a Nazi the whole fucking time I was in the military. And 99.9% of journalists are not going to argue with you about whether you can use a word unless they're piscany or curmudgeons, Jacola concluded. We don't have to talk about it. We're just going to do it. I've tackled it through newsroom policy in every newsroom I've been in. I've said, hey, we need to have a policy on the language we're going to use. Meanwhile, academics seek to indoctrinate the undergraduates to create the next generation of language censors. Patty Wohler, a journalist professor at Northwestern, and as a professor, I want my students to be at ones who develop the style guides about this in the workplace, or at least be the voice of the workplace and promote the kind of thinking and writing that's approved. My job is to train the next generation to think that way. I thought your job was to train people to think for themselves. Her comments came in a story about changing the use of words related to mental illness like crazy and bonkers. Brandon's University, we covered all that shit. The same top-down process holds with phrases and networks with an emphasis such as white rage. CNN and MSDNC have used that phrase 82 times since January 1st. 66 of them this month, according to Grammy and Median. Witness the burst of a new expression. Tom Elliott, last podcast. The greatest wordsmith said the politicization of language leads to flattening and impoverishing of written word. In our time, it's broadly true and political writing is bad writing. George Orwell warned in the famous essay on politics and English language. Political speech and writing are largely the deference of indefensible. It will generally be found that writer is some kind of rebel expressing his private opinions and not a party line. Orthodoxy of whatever color seems to demand a lifeless imitative style. Thanks to rounding of misleading ring definitions, the English language becomes ugly and inaccurate. If one gets rid of these habits, one can think more clearly and think clearly is necessary, Orwell wrote. But that's not our journalism. One I didn't put up there that is, this is a liberal and this is how they think. I know people don't generally like journalists, but what other industry could suffer job losses of this magnitude due to a corporate buyout and not get any attention or concern from the public? It's because the public doesn't trust them. I want to hammer it again. We covered it last show. They don't trust them. You got people like this jackass. He's just a fucking jackass. Texas Abbott and his staff are blocking press access. No, they blocked you. Because that was probably part of it. Then he got booed. He got all upset with it. Then you have Oliver Darcy, his buddy. 
an infrastructure op-ed by Joe Biden just posted over at Yahoo. People said you might want to use ALL for that because nobody wants to read that horse shit. Rupar, hours after building collapse of Surfside, Ron DeSantis on Sean Hannity, Fox News. Has he blamed critical race theory for the building collapse yet? Good reply. Is Aaron Rupar the worst, most dishonest journalist? I don't know why that's being played because I don't know where it's at. I said mute. It's party time outside the White House. Joe Biden elected 46th president. Not ideal during a worsening pandemic. Trump rallies. Since Joe Biden took office, 79,000 Americans have died from COVID. Think about that. Aaron Rupar, 9-11 worth of Americans dying each day. I mean, this thing, I'm not even going to go through it because we covered most of it. He's just a piece of shit. But they all are. Waji Ali, I feel America's forgotten. We're still in the middle of a pandemic that has killed more than 600,000 people. And there's a deadly Delta plus strain. And our kids are still unvaccinated. I see packed restaurants of people. Ah! 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 Tell me I took a picture of it. Please, 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 please. I didn't. They want to fucking put a chip on you. This is all coming from fucking these people. They want to chip us. Chip us. You have an RIFD fucking there it is. Prove you're vaccinated with this Immuna Band bracelet. That's what these jackasses are for. Because it's the control. And then you get, this guy is supposed to be objective. This guy was the guy you used to go to for real poop on elections. That wasn't slanted. This seems right. Camilla Harris will probably be the Democratic nominee at 24 and 28. Biden's team should be giving her portfolios that make it likelier she'll win. Instead, they're giving her impossible problems that will likely become liabilities. To the contrary, she needs to show her metal has been tested. A bunch of cream puff accomplishments won't help her. So that means she can't solve problems? Amazing how little confidence you have in her. The soft bigotry of low expectations. Red states, stop giving Kamala Harris problems. She might have to deal with them as president someday. That's that's our media. That's that's where we're at. They are garbage people. I was going to cover 4th of July later, but look at this. They hate this day. This is a true statement. We're going to have the most inflation you've had in fucking years. It's going to cost you more for everything. And before I get into how bad Biden is, when a conservative fucks up, they don't get to come on TV and lie. But just like the administration with defund and everything else, this piece of shit did. 
Welcome back to BNC Live. Over the weekend, Olympic athlete Gwen Berry made waves and not just for her performance in the Olympic trials. After making her second Olympic team and receiving that bronze medal, Berry turned her back to the U.S. flag while the national anthem played and helped up in a shirt that read activist athlete. This isn't the first time Barry has exercised her right to peaceful protest. After winning gold in the hammer throw at the 2019 Pan Am Games, Barry raised her fist for which she was sanctioned. She says it cost her thousands of dollars sponsorships and affected the stability of her career. But this time around, she's calling it a setup. And athletes have already been barred from staging protests during the Tokyo Olympic Games, yet some are still choosing to use the platform to stand up for what they believe in. BNC's Jimmy Marlowe right here alongside next to me. Thank you very much, Brittany. So a long list of awards and accolades. Uh, she's been an American track and field athlete who specializes in the hammer throw and is ranked sixth on the all time list. She also holds the world record for the weight throw set in 2017. Now she's joining me now to respond to the backlash that she is facing. Uh, everyone, please help me uh, uh, welcome Olympian Gwen Berry. Thank you for joining us here on BNC Live. Thank you for having me. So first of all, congratulations on securing a second spot in the Olympics for uh, the 2021 Tokyo Games. But following the media ceremony that uh, you broke rank with the other athletes and you draped an ath activist athlete shirt over your head during the Star Spangled Banner. Explain what happened in those moments because, you know, a lot of people have a lot of different uh, scenarios, but we want to hear from you on this platform. Tell everyone what was on your mind during that time. Well, originally we were not even supposed to be on the podium during the singing or the playing of the national anthem. When we were back in the call room, the directions were that we were going to be introduced to the crowd um, before the anthem was going to be played or after the anthem was going to be played. No one made any mention or any notion that we would be on the podium or had to be on the podium during the singing of the national anthem. I want to make that clear. Those were our directions, either before or after. No other event group that I know of stood on the podium during the playing of the national anthem. Mm -hmm. However, when we went out to introduce ourselves to the crowd, coincidentally, the national anthem was playing and they asked us to stand on the podium and then the anthem played. Mm -hmm. In that moment, I feel like it was a setup because I was. those were not the directions. That was not the intent. The intent was we would be introduced to the crowd either before or after the singing of the national anthem. Mm -hmm. In which if we had that option, or if I knew that I was going to be on the podium, I would have chose something else. Mm -hmm. Now, I just want to ask, uh, what is it about the national anthem or that whole scenario that made you feel so uncomfortable? Why didn't you want to uh, you know, acknowledge that part? History, if you know your history, you know the full song of the national anthem. The third paragraph speaks to slaves in America, our blood being slain and, and piltered all over the floor. Mm -hmm. It's disrespectful and it does not speak for black Americans. Mm -hmm. It's obvious. There's no, there's no question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now you were quoted as saying that you didn't want to do that because the um, anthem did not represent you. So now, you know, we have to ask, uh, what is your response to people that are sort of demonizing or choosing to take what you did in a negative light? What do you say to the folks that now say, why be on uh, Team USA if you don't want to represent the flag? I never said that I didn't want to go to the Olympic Games. That's why I competed and got third and made the team. 
I never said that I hated the country. Never said that. All I said was I respect my people enough to not stand or acknowledge something that disrespects them. Now, for the record, this is the same person. So until George Floyd, I guess she loved the flag. And no, no, you don't get to play games and it was a setup. No, shut up. Just shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. This is the verbiage in an article because Dan Crenshaw, and this is okay in our media, Omar, fuck America. This person, fuck America. Those are okay. That's patriotic. We heard it in 1968 and George Wallace, a fucking Democrat, mushmouthed the crying of minority group rebellion causing domestic disorder with their insistence on that called integration. That's the WAPO. That, yeah. You criticize those people. You're the Nazi. Article, progressive disdain America, beloved being free to do so. That, that's the key thing. That is the key thing to everything that we're dealing with right now. Trump was a fascist. Never Trumpers believed we must overthrow him. He must be taken out of office. He's a threat to democracy, and the people that take over actually silence you and sick the NSA on you or arrest you for trespassing and release everybody else who rioted, burned. Federal buildings do nothing to people who just barricaded the White House. Dennis in New York, I'm talking to you. You won't even talk to me anymore. I'm such a bad human. But you support those people because of QAnon. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, great. Sounds good. The worst 10 things Democrats' expensive partisan infrastructure bill. Let me just go ahead and blow this up. We're going to read off the video. Fuels inflation. It overdrafts America's bank account. Man, we're just fucked. Green New Deal. Green New Deal. The thing we all laughed at. Funds communities with taxpayer dollars. It's tapping red states for blue states. Claims to act in, as infrastructure. It's not. It's a bunch of goobly goo bullshit that has nothing to do with roads and bridges. Ban states from building new boards or bo- uh, roads. Forces rural America to pay in but doesn't do much for them other than charging stations we won't use. That's for those betters to drive through our area. It funds money to Pelosi's train to nowhere. Insurance tax dollars are wasted on red tape and it adds more bureaucracy to a notoriously slow system. And once again, if this is the case and we're saying that his build back better stimulus was for cops somehow that's because it's a surplus but in there we find out hamilton this is the new york times not nazi news the biggest broadway hit in years is getting 
thirty million in relief from the federal government with the possibility of another twenty. That that says it all. Biden, in a real press, would say that he got nine hundred thousand dollars from University of Penn. He did absolutely nothing. It was just speaking gigs, and now, yeah, they they get kickbacks. In Trump's world, we we would get that. Then you have Elizabeth Warren again, and this is carried as actual factual bullshit. It this lady doesn't know anything. I mean, once again, she's one uh, and one twenty. 120- 1,024th of a Cherokee, so yeah. Last time I read the Constitution, the majority rule at both chambers of Congress is the only president of the United States that gets a veto, not the minority leader in the United States. Once again, once again, let me make it big, because we're confused. Republicans don't do that. You do it! And then this creepy shit. This is actually real. DNC comms guy unveils new tool to spread Joe Biden's America's a back message. Shots in the arm, checks in the bank, and just in time for July 4th, free ice cream in hand. I thought this was a parody, but this is a real thing. Look at that fucking scary shit. This is what I see. That's what I see. Free candy creepy guy. But yeah, that's the, yeah, but we have to worry about the Trump cult. Trumpers are fucking, oh my God, QAnon and the, the fucking Nazis at store. We need to worry about that. But you've got guys going around on an ice cream truck. Ice cream, which is kind of like ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, we need to really worry about that. It's so scary. So what we're going to do is we're going to break it up a little bit because I, I want to have a little fun. Um, I don't get a lot of fun, really. I mean... This stuff is kind of repetitive, I know. I'm trying to make it entertaining, but it's kind of hard sometimes when it's just this fucking crazy-ass fucking shit that just doesn't want to stop ever. Oh, my phone's going crazy. I'm going to do a fun version of This Is America. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to play... A soundbite of what went for news yesterday for the New York election. You will notice it is 13 seconds. And then I'm going to play just this week's outrage over stopping H. Are one. One of these things is not like the other. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. It's time for the worst soundbite. When the liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says, This is America. 2021. America. Hey. 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 I got the strap. 
Early results in New York City's Democratic primary for mayor are being questioned tonight after a botched ballot count. The city's Board of Elections says it accidentally included about 135,000 test results in Tuesday's vote count. Updated results released tonight now show Eric Adams with a slim lead. These things is not like the others. One of these things doesn't belong. Can you tell which thing is not like the other by the time I finish this song? I agree with Brother Tim in speaking about, you know, the maggots. I I'm sorry, the MAGA. Um, that is so corrosive in this, you know, political uh, moment. It so this morning, it seems clear that Senate Republicans are afraid to even discuss voting rights. Overnight, all 50 refused to debate a voting bill. And that's despite the fact that moderate Democrat Joe Manchin gave Republicans what they demanded on key issues like voter ID. Minority leader Mitch McConnell insisted it's up to individual states to sort it all out. He claims there's just nothing to discuss. Busy summer ahead, infrastructure, election reform. What does the press get wrong when covering Biden's agenda. When you watch the news, when you read the news, what do you think we get wrong? Well, look, I think some of our muscles have atrophied a little bit over the last few years, and there isn't a, a lot of memory, a recent memory or long, longer memory on how long it takes to get legislation forward or how messy mm. uh, the process of negotiating and the process of getting legislation across the finish line there are times in your briefings where you seem so comfortable. Then there's times where you seem frustrated by the lines of questioning. So I want to know what the job is like versus what you expected it to be like. Well, I'm a human being, so even though uh, every day I try to be completely even keeled and always my objective per the president's direction is to pre treat people with respect and take questions and provide accurate information, that's my goal every day. But I'm also a human. Uh, and sometimes when you're answering the question, uh, saying the same question a tenth time or when a question, uh, more, more likely the things that get under my skin or when a question, the premise of a question is based in uh, inaccurate information. I interviewed folks on the front line of trying to protect not just voting rights, but the, avoid voter nullification, which mm -hmm. a lot of people feel is the most ominous and haunting parts of these voter suppression bills. I'm sure you know the numbers, 389 of them speeding through 48 legislatures, 22 yeah. of them already signed into law. You could argue that President Biden might not have won states like Georgia if that law had been in place then, if you look at the numbers and the restrictions. Well, in Tulsa, Oklahoma today, President Biden described what he called a truly unprecedented assault on our democracy. You know, the reality is here that uh, we have a large percentage of the American population. I don't know how big it is, but we have tens of millions of Trump voters who uh, continue to believe that their rights as citizens are under threat by simple virtue of having to share the democracy with others. Um, I think as long as they see Americanness as the same as one with whiteness, this is going to continue. We have to figure out how to get every American a place at the table in this democracy, but how to separate Americanness, America, from whiteness. Until we can confront that and talk about that, this is really going to continue. I was on Long Island this weekend uh, visiting a really dear friend. And I was really disturbed. I saw, you know, dozens and dozens of pickup trucks with, uh, you know, uh, explicatives against Joe Biden, 
uh, on the back of them, yep. uh, Trump yep. flags, and some cases just dozens of American flags, which you know uh, is also just disturbing because essentially the message was clear. It was, this is my country. This is not your yep. country. I own this. And so until we're ready to have that conversation, this is going to continue. What really is concerning to me as well is it's, it's not just Democrats in Congress. I think there's a large percentage of Americans, even some of my colleagues uh, in journalism, who are invested in some way in pretending that this isn't the threat that it is. That is the real concern. Because, you know, the Trump voters who are not going to get on board with democracy. Chief legal analyst Jeffrey Tugin. Tubin, how do you put this into perspective? Well, you know, I, I, what I think is interesting is there are two big issues before Congress right now. There's infrastructure and there's voting rights. And infrastructure is sort of the classic, classic stuff of politics. You know, how much do you spend on roads and bridges? How do you pay for it? And that should be the stuff of compromise. The voting rights is very different. This is life or death for the democracy. This is America getting better? The answer is yes, but only when we see past wrongs and work to right them. Um, this is an existential crisis in America. Who can actually get the access to vote? Um, Republicans in state legislatures are saying, if you essentially, um, and critics would say, that if you don't like, if we don't like the way that we that you voted, we will take away your vote. We're real news, Mr. President. If you watch Fox, you're a Nazi. It's state-run TV. It could be no more stark than that. Rigging an election, talking about it for four years with Trump, and then some people questioning, and we need to overhaul it, and we don't even know what's in the bill because we never put it out because we're in the media. Yeah. Ah, that's good shit. Let's get woke. Turn it up. Turn it on. Rock it like we fell to the bone. Get on the floor. Run it loose. Gotta put these two left feet to use. If you need education in the party scene. As you think you can dance with me. This ain't no joke. Turn up. Let's get woke. Never want leftover onion residue or any food residue on any of your surfaces. But that's what you could be doing if you're cleaning with a used dishcloth, even after you've rinsed it. So switch to a fresh sheet of Bounty for a more hygienic clean. Unlike used dishcloths that can carry and redistribute residue, Bounty keeps your surfaces cleaner because better hygiene begins with Bounty. Before we move on, I need you to understand that in no way was I ever suggesting that the horrific inequality that exists in this country is a result of white people being more driven? No, of course. But is our skewed perception of what success looks like responsible for some of that disparity? I don't know. No. Your poisoned perspective distorted by centuries of dominance, your insistence on centering yourselves and your comfort makes you capable of subjugating others for your own personal gain without even... Now, I start with the bounty commercial because last time I did a really poor job. A, I forgot the fucking bumper for Woke. B, I didn't talk about that fucking MasterCard shit. So let me get this straight. They're getting beat up because they're showing a credit card without their name on it? 
That was inferred in that commercial. And of course, now with Bounty, this is the new thing. Do they really think black people are going to buy Bounty wipes because they put black people in it? It's in every commercial now. And it's kind of like the COVID, where we had COVID in every commercial. I really want to tell you something, and this is not a racist statement. Average Americans, white, black, I don't give a fuck if you're a three-dicked Martian. You don't buy Bounty. It's super expensive. I go to Rural King and get Ferrara. I don't even know the name of it, but it's really good, and it's a big roll, and it lasts a long time. But it's not good shit, and it only costs $4 for a six-pack with rolls this big. This is it. That's the wipe I have, and that's to wipe everything down when I leave because my Copenhagen. So then we have a uh, HBO therapy drama attack, Poison Perspective of Whiteness. That's how we started that. So we go into this. Here is kidsbook.org statement after canning black Jewish chief diversity officer for condemning anti-Semitism is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. So let me blow this up so I can read it. The SBCW1 unequivocally recognizes the world's 14.7 Jewish people, less than 18.018% of the population, have the right to life, safety, and freedom from scapegoating and fear. Do you notice how they don't break down the point zero six, a six-tenths? Of a percentage of trannies or 5.4%, but we bend everything to them? No person should be at risk because of their heritage, religion, disability, or whom they love. In the last several years, anti-Semitism has been on the rise globally and has fueled 75% increase in hate speech and random violence against Jewish people in the last few weeks alone. Because anti-Semitism is one of the oldest... Silence is often a mistake for acceptance. The result is the perpetration of hatred and violence and blah and word salad and yeah. Let me tell you an illustrative story of just how very much Jews don't count, as ably explained by Badel. On 10th June, while violent anti-Semitism attacks were at their peak, a kid's book writer, Society SBCWI, posted a really moving post about anti-Semitism. He was then fired. This is April Powers. She's a black Jew who posted a statement condemning the sharp rise in anti-Semitic hate. She didn't bring up the Middle East, just solidarity to Jews living in fear, and she lost her job. Of course. Mm-hmm. How about this one? My name is Daniel Concanon. Attached to my resignation for Manchester School District in response to their white privilege training. I won't be pathologized for being white. And I won't be pathologized for being normal. Neither should you. Further thoughts to follow up on my resignation in response to Manchester School District white privilege training. This is the original human resource complaint I filed with the Manchester District and the Board of School Committee after being required to do white privilege. This is a 400 word or less public comment I submitted to the Board of School Committee after Manchester School District required me to complete white privilege training and then lied to the public and to employee claiming it's not mandatory. This is happening Everywhere. Because we're taking this shit so far. Private support is violent. Sarah Raro begs white people to stop sending private messages of support. We've written about blue check SJW Sarah Raro quite a few times. She has issues with white people, the responsible for COVID-19 crisis. Their minority friends actually think they're racist. White women are the 
greatest villains of all time, and whiteness is terrorism. She protected her account so we can't post her latest tweets, but Ben Shapiro has a screenshot of it, which she begs white people to stop sending her private messages of support. Private support is violence. Honestly, it is. White people, I beg you, please stop sending white private messages of support and agreement, texts, DMs, and emails. Private support is violent. Honestly, it is. Make it public or keep it to yourself. Stop violently supporting me in private, they screamed into the void. The words violent and violence have lost all meaning in Wokeville. You can burn down shit, but you trespass. I'm going to keep going back to it. Not that I'm butthurt. What they did was wrong. I'm just saying that's what we've equivocated in this country. My misanthorn Mike, a New York K-12 educator, suggests black students... Do not think analytically. She states that this is why education is not working for students of color in the U.S. This part of an anti-racist discussion between New York educator, critical race theory, anti-racism is neo-racism. Now, I start with the bounty commercial because last time I did a really poor job. A, I forgot the fucking bumper for woke. B, I didn't talk about that fucking MasterCard shit. So let me get this straight. They're getting beat up because they're showing a uh, credit card without their name on it. That was inferred in that commercial. And, of course, now with Bounty, this is the new thing. Do they really think black people are going to buy Bounty wipes because they put black people in it? It's in every commercial now. And it's kind of like the COVID, where we had COVID in every commercial. I really want to tell you something, and this is not a racist statement. Average Americans, white, black, I don't give a fuck if you're a three-dicked Martian. You don't buy Bounty. It's super expensive. I go to Rural King and get Ferrara. I don't even know the name of it, but it's really good, and it's a big roll, and it lasts a long time. But it's not good shit, and it only costs $4 for a six-pack with rolls this big. This is it. That's the wipe I have, and that's to wipe everything down when I leave because of my Copenhagen. So then we have a uh, HBO therapy drama attack, Poison Perspective of Whiteness. That's how we started that. So we go into this. Here is kidsbook.org statement. After canning black Jewish chief diversity officer for condemning anti-Semitism is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. So let me blow this up so I can read it. The SBCW1 unequivocally recognizes the world's 14.7 Jewish people, less than 18.018% of the population, have the right to life, safety, and freedom from scapegoating and fear. Do you notice how they don't break down the point zero six? A six-tenths of a percentage of trannies or 5.4%, but we bend everything to them? No person should be at risk because of their heritage, religion, disability, or whom they love. In the last several years, anti-Semitism has been on the rise globally and has fueled 75% increase in hate speech and random violence against Jewish people in the last few weeks alone. Because anti-Semitism is one of the only Silence is often a mistake for acceptance. The result is the perpetration of hatred and violence and blah and word salad and yeah. 
Let me tell you an illustrative story of just how very much Jews don't count, as ably explained by Bedell. On 10th June, while violent anti-Semitism attacks were at their peak, a kid's book writer, Society SBCWI, posted a really moving post about anti-Semitism. He was then fired. This is April Powers. She's a black Jew who posted a statement condemning the sharp rise of anti-Semitic hate. She didn't bring up the Middle East, just solidarity to Jews living in fear, and she lost her job. Of course. Mm-hmm. How about this one? My name is Daniel Concanon. Attached to my resignation for Manchester School District in response to their white privilege training. I won't be pathologized for being white, and I won't be pathologized for being normal. Neither should you. Further thoughts to follow up on my resignation in response to Manchester School District white privilege training. This is the original human resource complaint I filed with the Manchester District and the Board of School Committee after being required to do white privilege. This is a 400-word or less public comment I submitted to the Board of School Committee after Manchester School District required me to complete white privilege training and then lied to the public and to employee claiming it's not mandatory. This is happening everywhere. Because we're taking this shit so far. Private support is violent. Sarah Raro begs white people to stop sending private messages of support. We've written about blue check SJW Sarah Raro quite a few times. She has issues with white people. The responsible for COVID-19 crisis. Their minority friends actually think they're not racist. White women are the greatest villains of all time and whiteness is terrorism she protected her account so we can't post her latest tweets but ben shapiro has a screenshot of it which she begs white people to stop sending her private messages of support private support is violence honestly it is white people i beg you please stop sending white private messages of support and agreement text dms and emails private support is violent honestly it is make it public or keep it to yourself Stop violently supporting me in private, they screamed into the void. The words violent and violence have lost all meaning in Wokeville. You can burn down shit, but you trespass. I'm going to keep going back to it. Not that I'm butthurt. What they did was wrong. I'm just saying that's what we've equivocated in this country. My Thor Mike, a New York K-12 educator, suggests black students... Do not think analytically. She states that this is why education is not working for students of color in the U.S. This part of an anti-racist discussion between New York educator critical race theory anti-racism is neo-racism. And I think black people, we are relational people. Mm-hmm. We are people of context. Like it's very Western and European to, to dissect and analyze and take apart things, whereas mm. Afrocentric schooling or Afrocentric spirituality or African epistemology or ways of knowing, everything is connected. So this is why education is not working for so many students of color because we are context-driven people. We can't tell a story without telling the 10 things that happened that led up to that moment. There's no such thing as like thinking isolation, isolating yourself from nature, from your family. Like it's just not part of our uh, ways of knowing and being in the world. So when we tap into the ways that we understand the world, students are able to make wonderful connections and unleash their brilliance and their wisdom. The soft bigotry 
of low expectation. Essentially, child abuse. Hard to imagine anything a genuine white racist could say that should be more damaging to the self-image and academic development of a young black child than this. And that comes from black people. New NBC News, Brandy Zendorowski twists Ben Shapiro's signature message in order to advance lies about laws against critical race theory. Here it is in a nutshell. Sorry, I should have opened it up. But the most common feature among the laws and the one most familiar to students of repressive memory laws elsewhere in the world is their attention to feelings. Four or five of them, in almost identical language, postscript any curricular activities that would give rise to discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress or account of individual's race or sex. History is not therapy, and discomfort is part of growing. So in here... They show pictures, the war on history and the war on democracy. But I was specifically told that facts don't care about our feelings. Facts don't care about your feelings. Reporter, facts, which facts are laws suppressing critical race theory? They will twist anything to shut people down. Zach Beauchamp. The shift from cancel culture threatens free speech to our children must never hear about critical race theory. Sure is remarkable, Stephen L. Miller. Nothing is stopping you, the parent, from buying every single book on critical race theory and teaching it to your own child. You have about a great understanding of this issue as you do bridge infrastructure in Gaza. If you want to feed this fucking garbage to your own kids, have at it. Allowing you to do so on mass taxpayer scheme level is cancer and unacceptable, and it should be stopped dead. No, see, we want to be able to teach your child this stuff. It's kind of proving the point of all the critics here. And it totally is. That's the point. We're in an endless dinner with Robin D'Angelo. And never Trumpers eat this shit up with a spoon. I don't need some millionaire to tell me that people were racist at one time in this country. I'm fully aware of history, slavery, Jim Crow made by Democrats. I know all that stuff. And maybe in the deep, deep south in some communes in Georgia, there's some white supremacists. But I know after 20 years in the military, there are more black supremacists than there are white supremacists in my world. And it's okay. It's promoted by the Washington Post. We need to have this person. She needs to have a fucking platform to spoo her racism. But everybody else, shut the fuck up. Do some gay shit. Hey, hey, hey. Bow, bow, bow. Little pump in the cut. Yeah, um, it's crazy. You know, I spent three years in Arkansas and I think, you know, I I just don't feel safe any there anymore just because of these bills and, you know, the way the way that they're passing through, I think it's really going to limit a lot of people, uh, especially trans people. And, you know, yeah, it's just heartbreaking. And, you know, that's why I'm so determined to keep showing up as myself and, you know, trying to make space for, for, for trans people in sport. 
Well, to that point, you wrote in your coming out letter, quote, the playing field can be a very gendered place. How does that show up for you? How does that show up for other athletes? And how can sports be more inclusive and mindful of non-binary athletes? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, for me, um, it all comes back to language. I think, you know, I, I changed my pronouns and now I, I am referred to as they, them, and it, and it feels amazing. I think, I hope sports can, you know, change change their language too. I, I heard Megan Rapino say, she said, athletes competing in women's sports. And, you know, that for me was like, that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I'm in the call room and I hear the women's 1500, you know, it, it kind of shakes me for a minute in a moment where I'm trying to, you know, focus, um, on the biggest race of my life. So I think, I think we can all change our language and make sport, you know, accepting for everyone. Nikki, you founded the Pride 5K during the pandemic. Besides raising money for the Trevor Project, what do you see as the goal of this race? Yeah, it's funny. I talk about it as a race, but I think it's more of a community than anything. Um, Mm. And to create a space for people around the world to run together. Um, And last year, uh, we had four people actually use the race to come out and to be their true authentic self. And I think that right there is what the Pride 5K is all about. It's creating a safe space, you know, for people to be their unapologetic self. And and I'm going to keep, you know, leaning into that, my advocacy work just as much as I'm going to, you know, keep that's what MSDNC brings on, and he t- a non-binary track and field's too gendered. Yeah, because there's thing called biology. Washington Post, yes, kink belongs at Pride, and I want my kids to see it. Keep kink at Pride for our kids' sake. My latest from the Washington Post. When our children grew tired of marching, we plopped on the nearby curb just as we got settled. Our intermilitary schooler pointing in the direction of oncoming float, raising an eyebrow at a bare-chested man in dark sunglasses whose black suspenders clipped into his leather thong. The man paused and spanked playfully by a partner with a flog. What are they doing? My curious kid asked as our toddler cheered them on. The pair was the first of many dozen kinksters who danced down the street, laughing together as they twirled their whips and batons. Some leading comparison by leash, or companions by leashes. At the time, my children were too young to understand the nuance of the situation, but I told them the truth, that these folks were members of our community, community celebrating who they are. And what they like to do. Drew Holden, the blessing of liberty, have been acutely focused on exposing children to weird sexual content. People shouldn't be shamed for being kinky, but I just don't think it needs to be framed as empowering and mainstream to little kids. Glenn Greenwald, the problem is that when a highly funded social movement succeeds in all of its goals, it won't declare victory and stop. Too much money, too much activist bureaucracy and jobs at stake. So it keeps expanding to justify its own existence into unrecognizable areas like kids. This was in the New York Times. It's money. Yet nobody's going to fucking talk about all the violence at the Pride Festival. Why would we talk about that? Progressives claim voter ID law now disenfranchises transgender voters. So I can just go in and vote numerous times. Now identify as a male. 
Now I identify as a female. Now I identify as a non-gendered. Oh, no, I vote Republican. That wouldn't work. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm with you. Ikea, who wants to get into it and doesn't, you know, they're scared of the woke. Therapist, the bisexual Ikea couch isn't really, it can't hurt you. There are literal forearms clawing their way out of the couch. What the fucking fuck is wrong with everybody? And then, this is Nevada's uh, Miss Nevada. She's a dude. Because, you know, hey, makes sense. About as much sense as transitioning to Korean. Or anyone online as British because I, I identify as Korean. That's just my culture. That's my home country. That's exactly how I look now. Um, and I also identify as Jimmy, and that's my career name. But uh, not only that, I just, I know it's a little bit confusing for some people. Nobody's ever come out as Jimmy or Korean. But um, this is something that you guys know if you follow my journey for the last eight years. I've really struggled with identity issues, with who I am, you know. What did I just watch? My transition story of how I became Korean. Being transsexual is the same as being transracial because you were born in the wrong body. Oh boy, are we off to the races today. Yes, also transvertical. Even though my body's 5'9", I identify as 6'2". That's why on the front of my fucking Jeep, I put I identify as a Prius. What the fuck is wrong with people? Who did this? Isn't that racist? Is this just not the biggest example of cultural appropriation? Sweet God, what have we done, Lord? It makes me want to go to church. Oh my fucking, what? I need some mental drugs or something. I really do. Fuck, what is wrong? Maybe it is me. Maybe I'm the fucked up one. And this is, choose your words carefully. University law professor shares sinister letter from a student and her gender critical talks have been identified as problematic to the trans community. So now we're threatening people with violence. And that's okay. If this wasn't political like to fund, why did we have Democrats in Ohio doing this to amend with amendment 1594 the chair has the amendment the amendment appears to be in order the representative may proceed the Save Women's Sports Act is a fairness issue for women to be able to achieve their dreams and athletics in our state. And it's crucial to preserving women's rights and the integrity of women's and girls' sports. Across our country, female athletes are currently losing scholarships, opportunities, medals, education, and training opportunities. This amendment will require schools that are part of the OHSAA to designate separate teams for participants of the biological sex. No school, inter- no school interscholastic conference or organization that regulates interscholastics shall permit biological males to participate on athletic
athletic team or an athletic competition designated only for biological female participants. Ohio Democrat furiously pound their desk and yell at Representative Jenna Powell. That's a female. That's sexism. Oh, wait a minute. She's a Republican. Proposes an amendment to add a bill banning biological males from female sports teams to the name image likeness bill. Disgraceful behavior from Representative Michael Skinkdell at the Ohio House yesterday as Representative Jenna Powell tried to speak. Ohio Dems support female suppression. Got it. I have no rebuttal, so I will just make loud noises and cry about it. Yeah. Which brings me, let me see. Yeah. 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 We're going to get here. We're going to do this. I usually don't wear tinfoil hats. I'm going to play a video we, we, we did a couple podcasts ago. So I'll give two examples. So one is that uh, people eat too much meat, right? And if they were to cut down on their consumption of meat, then they would, uh, it would actually really help the planet. Uh, but people are not willing to give up meat. Yeah, you know, some people will be willing to, but other people, they may be willing to, but they sort of, they have a weakness of will. They say, wow, this, this steak is just too juicy. I can't do it. I, I'm one of those, by the way. So, you know, but so here's the thought. Right, so it turns out that we know a lot about. So there, we have these intolerance to. Uh, so I, for example, I have milk intolerance. Um, uh, and there, some people are intolerant to crayfish. So possibly we can use hu- human engineering to make it the case that we're intolerant to certain kinds of meat, to certain kinds of bovine uh, bovine proteins. And there's actually analogs of this in life. There's this thing called the long star tick, where if it bites you, you will become allergic to meat. Uh, I can sort of describe the mechanism. So that's something that we can do through human engineering. We can kind of possibly address really big world problems through human engineering. Another. For the record, since I got my COVID shots, I've eaten less meat. I don't desire meat. In fact, after the first shot, meat made me nauseous. After the second shot, hamburger made me nauseous. To this day, the wife and I both Realize we eat a lot less meat. I just want to put it out there. Do I think they put it in the COVID shots? I don't know. I'll just be quite honest. I wouldn't put it past them. They lie about everything. Look at these numbers. These numbers are fucking scary. These are actually statistics about youth. But the big push of you're paying attention is everybody, two-year-olds need to get COVID vaccines. And their push for the COVID vaccine is super creepy. It's like really a big deal to them. A staggering 25.2 mortality increase over nine years for young adults in America with deaths surging into the 2020. Not primarily COVID, but homicide, drug overdoses, seem to be the causes drug have driven to recent young adult mortality increase look at that per 100,000 2020 surge in young adult deaths not seem to be directly from covid because cdc has our far counted 2615 covid deaths last year among 25 to 34 year old 3.5% of the total deaths in the age group and 17.8% of the increase of deaths over 2018 very likely culprit is surging adults' death in 2020. 
drugs homicide, a 31.3% increase in overdoses. As an tra- tragedy, as tragically 2020 for young adults, the medical and public health advances that have helped bring more overall mortality down over time can be overwhelmed by a crime wave, a drug overdose epidemic, or a pandemic. So we know that this is a huge problem, but this is how our media covers it. Today, the former president was at the southern border, joining the Texas governor, who was aiming to pick up where Donald Trump left off, as Republicans try to make immigration key to their party's future. Gabe Gutierrez is there. As new video emerges of a Border Patrol agent saving a migrant child from drowning in the Rio Grande, the road to next year's midterms is already hitting a wall. People are coming across our border from more than 150 countries across the entire globe. It is time to make sure we seal this border and close it down. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is doubling down on plans to set aside $250 million to resume construction of the border wall that the Biden administration had halted. Today, former President Trump joined him at the border for the first time since leaving office. We worked with the governor on this. It's the exact wall that Border Patrol, ICE, and all of the professionals After the photo op, Governor, you have the legal authority to build this wall with state money. Neither the former president nor the governor took questions, but the political optics are clear. Texas Republicans overwhelmingly support Abbott's wall effort, and Republican governors from other states, including Florida and South Dakota, are also sending law enforcement personnel to the border. Totally political theater. Democrats are furious that at least some of the money had been allocated for COVID relief. He has no legal authority over federal issues. He's a state governor. He can't do what the federal government is supposed to do. Governor Abbott has also asked the public for donations to help crowdfund the wall, although he hasn't given details on how much it'll cost or how long it will take they scoff at it that's the problem with the border human trafficking and drugs but they're just secretly flying people around because you know once again our media doesn't care they care about this which last time i saw was a direct affront to democracy this kind of shit this kind of action It'll get to a point by 2024, anybody who does anything for the GOP, oh my God, it's going fucking public. Then you got Randy Weingarten, the total liar. And this is okay in the media. They're not talking about this. It makes me sick that the same people who are responsible for several long and short-term harming kids by unnecessarily keep them in isolation for over 1.5 years are responsible for reopening and recovering. We tried to reopen schools safely back in April 2020. That's what she says, and she gets away with it. How about this one? I love covering this one. Once again, I'm not a climate denier. I've seen what it does to Oregon. New York Times whiffs on 1995 prediction of climate catastrophe. At the most likely rate of rise, some experts say most of the beaches on the east coast of the United States will be gone in 25 years. 2020 was 25 years, folks. 20. So why would we have facts? So I want to show, and this is for family and for those that scoff at the South. This is some really good shit. These are the laws that went in effect today in Tennessee. Allies law. 
The new law requires the court be alert about any child born to parents who have had other children removed. Child exposure to dangerous drugs, bill expanding on several child abuse laws and increase the penalty against individuals who knowingly expose children to illegal drugs. Child neglect and endangerment. Child rape sentencing has been increased. Human trafficking, because we care about it. I guess liberals don't. Safe home for trafficked children, traffic victims, self-defense, commercial sex trafficking, sex traffic sentencing increase, truth in sentencing, gun law. As of today, I no longer have to hide my weapon. Law allows Tennessee age 21 or military over the age 18 to carry open or concealed handguns without a permit permit, and also increase punishment for gun-related crimes. The new permitless carry law will also implement stronger penalties for criminals who steal guns or get them illegally. Those who carry without a permit must have no felony convictions pending charges. Those suspended of, suspected of stealing a firearm face up to classy felony and tougher sentencing. Firing a gun from a vehicle is now a class C felony. And all you heard in our media was look at those goddamn cavemen down there letting everybody have guns, giving guns to kids. Theft law, porch pirate law, catalytic converter theft. Didn't know that what it was. Drag racing, new misdemeanor charges. Spencer Bristol Act, the new law not only increases protection for police officers, but also increases penalties for criminals who evade arrest. Aggravated riots, law increased the minimum sentence from 45 to 60 if a person commits more than one aggravated circumstances. It also extends the offense to rioters who travel from out of state and has intent to commit critical offenses. That is put in because the media doesn't want to talk about it. They always talk about, well, this is not a grassroots CRT funded by the Koch brothers, and those cocksucking Nazi white supremacist QAnon proud boy 2%er motherfuckers. Every fucking riot you saw was professional protesters boating under the influence Ah, that's long overdue bathroom bills tennessee accommodation for children the new law requires schools to try to offer a single occupancy or employee facility for anyone who wants more privacy but it specifically bars letting transgender people use multi-person facilities that don't align with their sex or birth overwhelming majority of Americans believe this. They just don't say it because you get canceled. Transgender public restrooms. The law makes Tennessee the first state in the U.S. to require businesses and government facilities open to the public to post a sign if they let transgender people use multi-person bathrooms. What is wrong with that? How is that a violation of anybody's rights? It's actually called a compromise. It allows businesses to be as woke as they want, but it lets people know, hey, this shit is woke. And we've already seen it. A lot of businesses have multi-use or male and female. So you know. Education laws, Safe Stars Act. The bill creates health standards and metrics to improve student-athlete safety. Student Rights to Know Act. The new legislation requires Tennessee Higher Education Commission to create a web-based dashboard for students considering college. Hope Scholarship. The new law extends eligibility to homeschooling. 
That's really good because a lot of those kids couldn't get the free shit. Adopting care laws, adopting health check, child care task force, child care report card. Miscellaneous law, Tennessee Business Fairness Act. The new law comes with COVID-19 recovery effort and puts small businesses on the same playing field as Amazon. Criminal justice reform. The bill primarily focuses on launching a task force that will work to find alternatives to incarcerations. Animal cruelty. A new law removes barriers in order to prosecute aggravated animal cruelty cases in Tennessee. Yes! Me and the wife were for this. Unborn Child Dignity Act. The law requires any child surgically aborted to be properly buried. I like that. You know right now they just get thrown in the trash or incinerated, right? Tractor Lemon Law, only in Tennessee, and film and animation, trying to get more people to come to Tennessee and make movies. And that, my friends, wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please share this with your family and friends, and go to foppodcast.com to leave comments, get this episode, last episode, all episodes, because you got Rumble, and SoundCloud for right now. I'm already looking for backup just in case SoundCloud goes on a woke trend. Since they took out Andy NGO, I found like three more sites. If that happens, of course, I will move everything over to that site. And I will put it out in a podcast prior to. Like if I start seeing more dumps, then I'm going to move this whole thing. I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to go home. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yeahs and tune back in for our next show. We are going to go, um, today's Thursday. So let's go with the Monday, 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 five July year of our Lord, 2021. We will call 4th of July. We're going to cover it because I guarantee people are going to shit all over it. And I'll be here to point out that they shit on it and shit on the flag and the anthem and Christians and everybody and called us Nazis if we flew a flag on the front of our house. As always, my friends, thanks for listening and you take care.